Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the People Analytics Podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce, and founder and CEO of StaffGeek. And today, the guest I have with me is my friend, Anthony Onesto, who is the Chief People Officer at Suzy. Hello, Anthony. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hey, Sean. Uh, doing, doing well, you know, in the middle of this quarantine kind of situation. So, uh, you know, you can see I have my virtual background on right now. So who knows where I am, but I'm definitely quarantined. So great to see you. Much cooler background than mine. I have to get one of those. <laughs> and we'll send one right over. You can use it all as much as you want. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Which leads me to my first question. Uh, if you could, for myself and the listeners, please give us an idea. Uh, tell us a little bit about what Suzy is, and then uh, talk a little bit about your background and what you do at Suzy as the Chief People Officer, please. Well, great. Yeah, I'll try to not make this a commercial for Suzy, but I appreciate the opportunity. Um, so you know, long, long story, Suzy is a SaaS platform, enterprise-based uh, platform that allows brands to be able to go out to real consumers across the U.S. and in the U.S. and, and ask them questions. So um, where we see Suzy working really well, and this is a licensed model, SaaS model, very similar to, to any software that you pay for, but what happens on the other side is there are people across the U.S. that are answering questions for these brands. So a company uh, that wants to test out some innovation, test out some marketing, um, you know, even in some cases UX or whatever is able to go on the platform. Super simple. You don't need a, you know, a market research degree or a PhD. You go onto the platform. It's made very simple for the end user, for the for the folks that that don't necessarily know how to sort of formulate these kind of things. And you're able to ask questions and, and get real time answers. And in fact, you know, there's there's no SLA promise of these things, but you know, you can get 500 answers within, you know half an hour to 45 minutes imagine being able to to have every business decision you can see like uh, actually this way is probably better um assume nothing uh validate everything is kind of what we we stand for it's the ability to to look at every business decision and have the consumer literally at the table as you're making that decision so um so yeah so that's Susie. we're we're um we're based out of new york we have a headquarters in new york although we're dispersed you know today we're actually dispersed all, all over the U.S. because uh, of the situation that we're in, but we have an office in North Carolina, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and, and Denver, Colorado, um, and, you know, the majority of our folks are, are based here in New York. Excellent. Thank you. And another question that I'm getting into the habit of asking, because a lot of the listeners have been asking about that level of detail as well, too, is how, uh, what is the size of Susie? How big is your organization? Sure. We're, uh, we're just coming uh, just over 70 employees right now full time. And then, of course, we have contractors and other folks. So you know, in total, about 80 plus uh, in employees across uh, across the U.S. Excellent. And you said headquartered in New York, right? We are. Yeah. The majority of our folks are in a Soho loft in uh, New York City, which is uh, and, you know really nice place to, to, to be in New York. Sure. Looking forward to getting back there. That does sound pretty cool. Next time I'm yeah. in New York, I have to stop by. Please do. Excellent. So in your description of Susie, I think that is excellent for the kind of topic that we wanted to talk about for this show, which was HR metrics that matter, right? So we don't necessarily want to be tracking any of these, what we can consider them to be vanity metrics, right? You and I had a conversation about this previously. Uh, you offered, you know, talked about some great value when it comes to measuring the things that matter. So if you could give us a little bit of background uh, on, you know, what your thought process is there, 
And then we could talk a little bit more about how to do that for businesses like Susie and otherwise for other HR professionals. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, for me, it's the, I've been doing this and the gray hairs probably give it away, but I've been, I've been doing HR for, for quite a while, almost, almost two decades. So I hate to, I hate to admit that. Um, and, you know, we've been, we've been looking at this, you know, the same metrics for, for two decades now. We have these metrics and, and you know, I, I love the enthusiasm that's happening these days around HR metrics. I, I think people with digital coming on board, I think we're able to, to record and, and, and measure a lot more things than, than we were able to do prior, you know, like, the, you know, handing out a survey via paper. And that's how far we go back, actually. Um, you know, was was very difficult to to grab real metrics, and so I think it's an incredible opportunity right now. And I want to want to sort of footnote that, um, but I think we're just we're just not measuring the right things. Like I, I think we we we're expected to put this dashboard in and, and HR, and I and I this is my love for HR. It's it, it'll feel like contempt a little bit, but it's not. It's my love for human resources and the people within it. But oftentimes we we're, we're the the department of check the box, right? So the CEO asks for like you know what are the HR metrics we need to report, or I want you know I want a dashboard of HR metrics, and we're providing that that CEO with metrics that have no business like headcount, right? So that's the, you know I always pick on headcount, poor poor headcount, but it's usually if you look at a human resource dashboard, it's literally the first box, you know, the first one in, in the upper left-hand corner of, of any dashboard and that an HR person puts together is headcount, right? And really, what is that telling us about the business? It's telling us how many people we have. And so how is that impacting our sales? Like if you think about, you know, I, I come from an accounting background. I actually have my degree in accounting and I got fired from it. So hopefully uh, take this for what it's worth. But, you know, when you think of the business metrics that, that you want to, you want to, you're looking at revenue, you're looking at cost, you're looking at productivity, you're looking at all these things and headcount really doesn't tell you much. Right. So my philosophy is like, what are the things I say this to HR analytic folks all the time. I say, tell me something I didn't know yesterday. Like to me, that's the secret sauce of, of HR and, and people metrics. It's being able to look into the data that already exists in your organization and providing information that didn't exist yesterday. Why, you know, what is it that actually impacts productivity? We have a lot of these theories, um, you know, whether it's Dan Pink and autonomy and mastery or uh, Adam Grant and other folks that are, you know, and I love Adam Grant's approach because he, he does it from a quantitative perspective, but like, what is it in your company? What are the things that motivate your people? What are the things like how, you know, we talk a lot about sales, right? So how is that SVR, that sales development representative, um, how are they motivated and what is impacting them? And then how are you able to correlate to, to the numbers? So, you know, what I want to stop doing is stop reporting, let's stop checking the box in HR analytics um, and really start looking at uh, some, some analytics that have the business impact that we can actually correlate or, or causate to, to sales or, or CS, you know, client success numbers, things of that nature. So that's sort of the headline and we're happy to go deeper in, in each one of those, but that's sort of where my head is. I think that's a great description. I'm hearing more and more of that as well too. And previously, before before you started describing more of the detail, high level overview of how you're doing it, you started talking about how what's exciting about what's going on in HR is that this is becoming a realization and that change is happening because of it, which is super exciting. We've had a couple of guests on the show already, and I write our 
our show is called People Analytics for a reason because it wants to live at that intersection of people and data. So we want to see like what tangible, cool things are you doing to help the business in what you're measuring through data that empowers your people, right? And helps the business. That's that's the whole overall idea. So empower HR, empower your workforce to better support the business to be successful. I would love to hear from you, um, you know, some specific examples that you guys are using, projects that you know, you've been able to take this into action and then see some benefit and some results from. So please do. Yeah, I'm, I'm edge of my sure. seat over here. If you can't tell, I'd love to hear more. Yeah, and I hope I don't disappoint. This could be like, you know, uh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog or something. I'm probably going to disappoint <laughs> you. But um, but I heard that was good. So uh, so at least my, my son gives it a thumbs up. Um, I so I, I think, you know, it, the interesting thing is all of this is developing. So, you know, this is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but I don't, I don't necessarily have a great example. I can tell you a couple of things that we've done. I, I'm a huge fan. So Ben, ben Weber um, is a co-founder of a company called Humanaze, which is out of uh, MIT lab in, in Boston. And um, I always loved his focus. I had worked with, with Ben at, at Razorfish. And what he did or what he was doing before was taking digital footprints uh, from email and all the digital uh, solutions that, that companies had. But he also added an analog piece. So you would actually wear a device, which I, I expect now is probably an iPhone or something like that. But at least then it was a device. And he did some really interesting things. He actually has a great article about the open office, right? So we we have this assumption, and this is an example of what, what Ben does and we're, we're taking into account here at Suzy as we look for a new office space. But one of the assumptions we had was um, open offices actually um, increased collaboration. That was an assumption. And again, you want to sort of assume, I'm pointing the wrong way. This is like a mirror thing. I'm confused. Assume nothing um, aligns with what Suzy's all about. And the assumption there is that open office space actually increased collaboration and, and, and productivity. And what Ben found was actually the, quite the opposite. There's actually an article I'm happy to send to you, but it was, and what he did is he was able, his he and his team, pull all the data together and say, does open office actually increase productivity or collaboration? And in fact, when you're in an open office, you're more uh, inclined to actually send a Slack than actually collaborate with people. So actually, collaboration actually went down um, in an open office. It's like, that's like mind blowing for people, right? Like, it's like, no, it can't be that way because we have, you know, so this whole shift from cubicles or offices to open office was because I think for two reasons. One, I think it's cheaper. Let's be honest. There's always a dollar. Follow the money, I always say. Uh, the second part is people really thought it was going to be more collaborative. And you see a lot of these office spaces. And the fact is, no, actually, people are more productive in different environments. And that we have to start thinking of this more as customized, which is really hard to really think about from an office perspective, because it's easier to go one solution is best for everyone. So that's one example of, of like real HR metrics that have business results, right? Like if I can figure out how to create collaborative, collaborative environment, creativity in my organization, the theory is all the other stuff, the sales, the, the product development cycles, all that sort of stuff follows through. At Suzy, um, we partnered with the company and they had since pivoted a little bit from their original origin uh, called Cali.ai, which essentially took uh, Slack metadata and started looking at the connections across the company. And then each week they would send out a, a very brief um, pulse survey to, to the organization. And what we were trying to do, again, before the pivot is really look at, you know, what is, 
what are the connections? Who are the influencers? Like who are the highly connected people in the organization and start thinking about them as influencers and start figuring out, okay, if this person is highly connected, as we roll out new programs in, in, in our people organization, maybe they're the first one to give us feedback, right? Because then what happens is it perpetuates through the organization in a faster speed than if you just sort of send out an all email or something like that. Um, so we're able to see those connections of people um, and also the survey. So the more highly connected you were, the more engaged you were, uh, the more, you know, um, I don't want to say productive, we didn't get that far down the road, but the assumption is if you're more engaged in the organization, you're more productive, right? Um, and so we're able to look at that information. What I was trying to do towards the tail end of our engagement with them was show me what is, you know, all this data that we're pulling out of Slack. I'm going to give you our sales performance data. Find, you know, like have your, and again, I was an accountant um, only by trade. So I, I you know, Again, my first job, I got fired from it. So I, I am nowhere near a numbers guru. There are so much smarter people out there than I am around these things. So have your data scientists look through that data and see if there's any correlation or causation. Like this person is a high performer. Why is that? Why is this person who theoretically has the same level playing field and other folks is doing wildly better than, than everyone else on the sales team. And what we were able to find out is that there is, you know, his connection to the organization was very high. So he wasn't just connecting well within the sales department, he was connecting across the company. And so we were able to say, you know what, there may be something there, right? And that to me is that's where the HR metrics gets you. That's when I start geeking out on this stuff. It's like, Oh my goodness. Like, because we're all trying to unlock this, right? Like uh, Gallup 12, that's no good anymore. No one believes in that stuff anymore. It's like surveying people is great. We'll get data there. And we actually, we just moved to a, a solution called Pekin um, out of the UK, which is doing an incredible job of surveying our people and figuring this stuff out. But it's that kind of, like, it's not just sending the survey out like a Susie does, but it's then, all right, what do you do with that data? And then look at, look at the business metrics and figure out how things correlate. So a um, couple of examples there, you know, Ben from Human A is doing some interesting things. And, and the thing about Ben that I thought was really interesting is that it unlocks something we didn't know yesterday, right? That's the key to all this. It's like unlocking people data that you had no idea existed yesterday. Like Pekin is another example, though we're just at our, our start of our journey with them. Um, they're able to look at, you know, data and say, you know, are these people going to turn over, right? They can say within, you know, person starts turning over nine months before they actually leave the organization, which is incredible, right? Like think about nine months of low productivity in your organization right now. Imagine if you can pinpoint that and do two things. One is uh, figure out how to get them to be re-engaged with the organization or figure out maybe there's a career change that needs to happen for them. And it's not within your organization. It's outside it, but you're, you're helping them do that. Imagine like the difference in, in human resources and people operations that would do. So just a couple of uh, examples, hopefully I think I, you know, maybe I hit the mark with those, but, uh, but that's sort of what we're, what I think about when I, when I think about people metrics. I would certainly say so. Those all sound to be a pretty good fit for people analytics to me. I'm geeking out about a couple of things you said, especially the, the talk about Pekin. I'm curious to know more about how you guys are using them or if you have seen any use cases so far with regard to the predictive nature to who may or may not turn over. Have you started to kind of get that value from using the tool yet? 
I mean, we are literally two weeks in, so no. Just started. No, to be okay. very, very candid. Um, sure. We're, we're two weeks into the engagement, but I can tell you a couple of things. And, and we, we kind of moved from Cali again because they pivoted their business model to, to a peak. Sure. And, um, you know, for me, the challenge was what I loved about Cali was the data was inherently there. So there's a great book. Um, and of course, I'm blanking on it right now, but Everybody Lies, I think it's called. It's this idea of looking at surveys. And again, this is probably not great for Susie, but we do get survey information. But there's surveys and then there's data that people create on a daily basis. And that's what I loved about what Ben was doing at Humanaise because it's already information that you're taking from the organization. So imagine you can culminate, you know, and this gets into, and, and we were, we're balancing this, the, the need for this with the idea of being a big brother, but at an aggregate level, it, it, it makes sense. Analyzing all this data, whether it's metadata of connections or even content in your emails and analyzing that for, for sentiment, right? Being able to look at that and go, when you're sending emails, are you aggressive? Are you not aggressive? How like you can get like sort of, instead of asking someone, how do you feel today? What's your mood, you know, slide the indicator. I can actually find that out. Like I know through your email messages of, in aggregate, I can figure out how are you feeling today, right? Like I can get, or your Slack messages. Again, the balance here is the big brother nature of looking at those messages. But the idea for me is I don't want to see the content of the messages. I just want the system to report back. For Pekin, it's a survey tool. It goes out, it asks questions on a weekly basis. We're doing it weekly, by the way, because if you do it annually or monthly or, you know, like, what business can manage people data on a yearly basis? I, I don't, we just moved too fast. Like, look, like a couple of weeks ago, we we're all in the office in Soho and now we're all working from home. Like the world moves too fast. And that's why Susie becomes incredibly helpful for, for brands because we can get real-time data from consumers. Like we can find out right now what people think about the, the virus and how it's impacting their buying habits. Like who wouldn't want to know that? So, um, so yeah, so for us peaking very early on, um, I'm excited about it. I think their dashboard is pretty incredible. Part of it, again, I, and my advice to some of the HR analytics folks is I'm, I'm pitching a world that's advanced uh, outside of headcount, but sometimes your managers aren't ready for it, by the way. Like I, the lesson I learned with Cali was it was a very advanced thinking around people analytics, but one of our leaders had saw no value in it, like couldn't wrap their head around what we were trying to do. And so the dashboards were useless. And so he didn't promote it in his group. He didn't do, you know, and, and that was a learning lesson for me. I'm like, no, come on, like you got to do this. It's valuable information. We're like cutting edge. We're so innovative. So there is a balance of being too innovative and giving your leaders um, and your people the data that they need. You know, I call it the democratization of HR data. Like the other thing, another piece of advice that I have around that same topic is democratizing it. Like a lot of HR folks like to hone the data. And I like, I, I'm libertarian in that sense. I'm like, here, you know, get access to your dashboards. Here's your data. The key is, again, I was a little bit too libertarian in that sense. I had to guide them and consult them on what they were looking at first. But I don't want to be a, a firewall for data. I, in fact, I want to give it to the people too. Like they should know their data too. How are you feeling? It's almost like Fitbit for them. So um, early, again, long-winded, very long-winded answer, but early on peaking, but I think there's going to be some really good stuff coming out of that. Very cool. Now it's a lot of valuable information. Lauren, I could, I could listen to you talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> Although <laughs> I don't have can. plenty of questions. Right? <laughs> so where I was going to go from there, Tons of cool tools, stuff that you guys are doing specifically 
great insights elsewhere as well. Also, I started thinking about when you were talking about the different types of environments and whether or not they were more collaborative. That always takes me back to some of the stuff we're doing at Staff Geek, which reminds me of like, I've heard from countless HR professionals that say, you know, a ping pong table does not make a culture, so to speak, right? Whether or not you can use it and whether or not you do use it, <laughs> that's more like culturally related, right? So uh, you were totally hitting on, uh, you were, you were striking a chord with me there for sure too. And that's a lot of what I've heard from other professionals as well in industry. Um, one of the other questions I had for you, which I'm sure others are curious about as well also is uh, you guys are, you know, you take, I, I really like the approach that you're taking to this stuff. I like the progressive nature to sharing the data, what insights can we learn and what can we learn from each other, right? That's a big part of what the show is about. So one question I have for you that others may have as well too in similar positions is how can they get started with this mindset? What should they do first, right? If they're not thinking along these lines or doing these things, but maybe they've identified that they do have some vanity metrics that they're tracking things and they don't know whether or not it has any kind of an impact. Like what, what's the advice that you have for them about getting started and, you know, turning the table, you know, setting the table in a different way, so to speak, and figuring out, you know, what we can do to actually empower the business and do things that, you know, make everything better for the workforce and the employees and so on and so forth in and around these like people analytics um, opportunities. Sure. Yeah. I, I have a couple of pieces of advice. My first is <clears throat> if you're sending out, we, we, um, uh, we had a, a story, we had a really powerful HR team at, at Razorfish. Um, and, and it was both in sort of smarts and, 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 and capacity. And so we, we formulated um, uh, an HR metrics dashboard deck that we would, that we sent out and it would go out to the leadership of the company. And it was, took a lot of work, you know, it was, you know, again, headcount and other things, but, um, and it was across the organization, it was global, international, US, all this, it was beautiful. It, it was, uh, it was really a great document and it helped, you know, for, for me helping put that together, um, helped inform some of the things that we see on some of the HR platforms that I advise, like I, I was helping them on their analytics dashboard. I don't want any names, but um, I advise an HR tech platform a bunch of years ago, and we kind of used that groundwork uh, for, for their analytics piece. Um, but what, what I did one day, and I was consulting uh, with, my, with my boss, who's the chief people officer at Razorfish, and I said, you know, does anyone ever look at these things? And she's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, all right, so why don't we do this? Don't send it. Don't send it out. Don't email it out to anyone this week. See if anyone goes, where the hell is my people analytics deck? See if anyone cries. Like, where is it? What, what's going on, right? Salespeople are in Salesforce 24 hours a day. They're looking at pipelines. They know, you know, at, at Susie, our CEO, Matt Britton, super smart guy, not because he, he'll watch this, but he is a super smart guy. He talks about a math equation, right? So this idea of like the amount of emails that go out produce the amount of interest that produce phone calls that produce demos. Like we're able to figure that that stuff out. Um, they're in there constantly. And imagine if I just closed down Salesforce, like people like literally within a minute would go, "Holy sh sugar!" See, I didn't do it. Um, what's going on here? So anyway, um, my point is, don't send it. And when she didn't send it, no one. It was like no one said anything. Like I said, wait around, don't send it again. She didn't send it. 
No one, no one was looking at it. No one, like this beautiful 10, 15 page deck of this awesome data and no one was using it. So my first step is when you're sending stuff out, are, check in with people. Are they, do they find it useful? Is it, again, are you checking the box? Like in HR, let's stop checking the box. Let's start providing value into our organizations. Check in with people or don't send it. Test it out tomorrow, this week, next week. Don't send out your HR documents. And the first person that says where it is, that's your key influencer. Reach out to them, see what value they're getting. Maybe they're getting value that other people aren't. Start using that as a, as a customer testimonial for other managers. But also ask why, like what is it, you know, what do you want to see? Because oftentimes, like we said, we have this in HR world, we're sharing like what should an da HR dashboard look like, but none of those people are, are, are leaders in, in organizations. They're not client success people. Imagine if I could go to my salesperson and say, you know, based on this, I can increase your, your sales by five to 10% because of all these things that I know in HR and we're gonna like, he'll, he or she will start having a conversation or CS, I can, you know, increase the, the renewal rate of, of our SaaS platform by 5%. She's going to listen, right? But headcount, who the hell cares, right? So first thing is see if people are actually looking at it. If they're not, find out why. Second is start playing around. Like there's nothing wrong in HR and we've been, we've been a profession where we would do something and even if it doesn't work, and I feel like I'm beating HR up a lot, but I'm not, this is love. This is lots of love in my heart for HR. We just do things and then we just keep it, like again, we're checking the box. Performance reviews, everyone knew 10, 15 years ago, one, no one liked doing it. They had no business impact. They actually had negative productivity impact. Studies were done, but yet we're still, some organizations are doing the annual performance review. Stop, just stop it. Just stop what you're doing and reevaluate and start experimenting like we did with Cali. Who knew? what network um, connections were going to provide to us? Who knew, you know, would people fill out a daily, uh, you know, weekly survey uh, through Slack? Um, I had no idea. You know, I had an assumption. Um, and sometimes you, you know, even though it's counter to what's behind me, we, we're going to assume some things like, hey, let's experiment. Look at the, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of on the HR innovative curve, if you, if you know how that works, you know, sort of the upper slack um, side of the innovation adoption curve. I'm kind of on the front of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm weary and I know that my, in my brain, I love to, to look at the shiny objects. Oh, that's a cool new HR tech. Let me go play with that. Um, but I really like sort of the philosophy of it and try to find solutions that will get you information that you didn't have yesterday. That again, is that's the key headline here. Find, get information that you don't have already. Like you have headcount, you have all these things. What information or what piece of, of uh, data can you get that you didn't have yesterday that again, correlates to business results? So again, two things, stop what you're doing. Maybe don't send out reports, see if anybody cries or, or protests. If no one does, you're doing a lot of work for no reason. Find out why, what do they need? What do your heads of business units need to, from a people perspective? Um, I'm gonna guarantee it's not headcount on a weekly basis, they don't give a crap. Um, and then of course, experiment. To me, experiment is such a key. And if it doesn't work, pull it out. Like, it's okay. Like you can listen and be authentic. Like, hey, I said to everyone across Susie, I said, I love Cali, but kind of didn't work for us too much. Uh, you know, it was a pretty cool idea, but we're going to try this peaking thing and maybe go, you know, a little bit more basic in terms of our approach on these things. 
That's awesome. Thank you for breaking that down and so comprehensively uh, the way you did it as well. Also, I think that's going to be great advice and guidance to use for those looking to do something very similar. Um, great. It's been yeah, that, awesome. That, that, a tremendous value. Yeah, that, that advice in 275 will get you in the subway in New York. So That's, that's <laughs> <All> right. good. <laughs> Hopefully it's valuable. Uh, definitely. Yeah, valuable insight, uh, undoubtedly so. So thank you for being here and sharing that insight, Anthony. I have two more questions for you before we kind of wrap up here today. You've already mentioned several of them already, but um, the questions I have for you are what resources would you share with myself and the audience about any of this kind of stuff, right? Books, blogs, you've mentioned a couple of them already. Curious to hear from you and uh, I'll be linking to that kind of stuff in the show notes too. So anything you'd like sure. to call specific attention to? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it's it's sort of I, I, nothing specific. I mean, it's sort of overall guidance on this is to not read HR analytic books. Sorry, HR analytic authors, at least for now, or do read those. Um, let me correct my statement there. But also read stuff that's outside. You know, think about data science. Start reading some of the stuff out there. Um, there's a lot of cautionary tales. Um, one of my favorite people is uh, Kathy O'Neill. She wrote a book called The Weapons of Math Destruction. And it's sort of her, you know, cautionary tale around data science. And there is a, a recruiting uh, chapter in there, which I thought is interesting. It's just interesting to see these point of views. Um, look at data science. Um, definitely look at, you know, what human is, is is doing. I think they're doing some really interesting stuff. They're more on the enterprise level than small business. But I know Ben and team are working on a small business um, solution very soon. Uh, Pekin, I think, so thus far has done an incredible job in terms of their dashboard. They have some really great content on their site around, you know, this idea of nine month um, turnover, uh, nine month, you know, prior to turnover uh, piece of information. I think they're also working on doing some um, stuff via AI around that too, like being able to say, all right, we're concerned in this group because we think people are going to turn over. Um, so I think those two examples, and then, you know, listen right here, listen to this podcast, not to sound, you know, like this is, this is a great place where people are talking about different things and you're, you're, you got great guests on here. And so besides me, of course, um, and, and just, you know, keep, keep reading to me, you know, podcasts and reading, um, and try to look for stuff that's not the normal, like sort of HR thought leader kind of stuff, like look for con contrarian type of viewpoints and, and experiment. Fantastic. Uh, a lot of valuable stuff there. I will uh, put some links to that stuff in the show notes so that everybody can kind of check those out as well too. Cool. Uh, thank you for that, Anthony. And then last question I have before I let you go is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Anybody. I am, you know, I, I subscribe to Adam Grant's uh, giver philosophy. So I am always happy to help out and chat with people and connect. Uh, if I, you know, of course, if it's not a coronavirus situation and I'm uh, bogged down in quarantine, but yeah, you know, uh, LinkedIn is a great place. Anthony Onesto, Twitter, it's Anthony Onesto too, at Anthony Onesto. Uh, reach out to me. I'm happy to connect with folks and, and help folks out and, and sort of as a, uh, as they say, send the elevator back down. So I'm, I'm, I'm an open networker and I'm a giver. Very cool. Well, thank you for that, Anthony. I'll include those as well too. And thanks for being here on the show and sharing your insights with us. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the People Analytics Podcast powered by StaffGeek. If you or anyone you know is a leader in human resources or talent acquisition and would be interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to me at sean at staffgeek.com. 
That's Sean, S-E-A-N, at staffgeek, S-T-A-F-F-G-E-E-K.com. We would love to share your valuable knowledge with our audience. At this point, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, StaffGeek. StaffGeek helps companies hire smarter, increasing retention, and combating turnover, all while reducing time to hire. They do this by creating a customized behavioral assessment around your company's unique culture. Armed with your fit tech assessment, you're able to evaluate which candidates are the right fit for your company's culture. Start hiring smarter today with StaffGeek. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to StaffGeek at hello at staffgeek.com or visit them on the web at staffgeek.com.